doing this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Wednesday episode of the show. Kyle, have you seen Space Jam 2 yet? No, I will not. Whoa, you're not going to see it. Why? looks awful. It looks You awful. said this about Lion King, and then you watched it. You snuck it in. Yeah, well, no, my wife's strong army into going and seeing it. Okay. And it was okay. It was okay. All right, so it's, you're not going to see Space Jam 2. You're on the record, and we need to know why. It just looks terrible. And I like it's not like a MJ versus LeBron thing, or it's like nothing dumb <laughs> like that. Like, I don't care. It just does not look like a good movie. I'm sure there'll be plenty of like clever little tie-ins. And I saw the the Michael Jordan quote unquote cameo thing that popped up on social media because it went viral. And I saw them dubbing eight mile uh Eminem raps over Porky Pigs freestyle rap at some point throughout the course of the movie. So like there'll be memes. I'm sure it'll be like good family fun, but I'm just I think it looks awful. So I'm not interested. Will you see Black Widow this week? Because I certainly plan on doing that. Uh, I will see Black Widow, but probably not this week. Is there not a part of you? It's like Space Jam was a critical movie for your childhood where you just feel like you have to see the second one. That's not you at all. I mean, maybe I I have no urge to see it right now. Now, that's not to say if I'm not sitting around a couple years from now, show the kid the first one and they see the second ones on Netflix. <laughs> I won't pull it up and watch it. Like I'm not out. I'm, I'm not completely ruling out the possibility that I may see it someday, but it's not like, Oh, thank God space jam two came out or, Oh, yeah. like I got to find two hours in my day with how little time I have to do anything right now with the, being a dad of a seventh month old to carve out time when she goes down for a nap to watch space. Jam. It's just not, it's not on my radar personally. It's just me. I haven't seen it yet. I plan on seeing it soon. What we are going to do today is talk about Trey Lance, quarterback San Francisco 49ers, number three overall pick out of North Dakota State. If you listen to Monday and Tuesday, you know what you're about to get into. We are going to assess the scenario that Trey Lance has been drafted into, the situation, the infrastructure. We are going to closely examine the coaching, the quarterback room, the offensive line, the run game, the pass catchers, and the defense. We're going to scale them or score them on a scale of one to five, one is a fail, five is perfect, three is average. We'll go category by category and determine how the 49ers have set Trey Lance up for success as a rookie. I like how I asked you on yesterday's show if you had any offhand blurbs and you said no, and then you came back today with one. <laughs> I didn't even give you a chance to uh, to say anything back to me. I was like, I'm leading in with this. I know, and, I know. Well, yeah. I I um I do have something, and it is quasi-related to today's conversation. And it, it goes back to this flying coach discussion with Sean McVay and uh, Kyle Shanahan uh, with Peter Schrager co-hosting. And Joe... I texted you as I was listening to it. And I said, if you were evaluating for a team and you're, you're listening, sitting here listening to McVay and Shanahan talk about quarterback evaluation and things that you need to have for the position, w- would you just evaluate quarterbacks with a binary yes or no answer to whatever traits 
you are evaluating your offense for? Because I'm sitting here listening to to Shanahan, and he opens that conversation talking about if you don't have an NFL arm, you're screwed. It ain't going to happen yep. for you. Like, yeah, right. it's just straight up yes or no. And he said that, you know, that can come in different shapes and sizes. It can come from not necessarily having the strongest arm, but having accuracy and placement. It can come from having a stronger arm that helps you mask for a lack of anticipation as a thrower because you can release the ball later and still get the ball there on time. I'm just sitting here and I'm like, they really just boiled it down to a yes or no question about arm skills in the NFL. And, you know, they go down this whole rabbit hole. There's no shortage of different ways that you can evaluate it and do it. And he gets into the discussion about why they chose Trey Lance and how from a running ability perspective, he offered a little something different that, that Shanahan always wanted to quote unquote try and bring in. Uh, so I texted you and I asked you, and we both were in agreement that if we were evaluating for a team, like we're simply boiling it down to what do we want to do offensively? And does this guy do this at a level that, we can win with yes or no. And if a guy checks all the boxes, guess what? That's your guy. Well, especially with so much riding on those decisions. I mean, that could be it for you. Your entire career could be defined by who you hit your wagon to. And don't, don't draft the guy just to do it, right? If you don't have the guy that fits what you want to accomplish, that fits your team and your scheme and your franchise, don't pick a quarterback just to pick a quarterback. Huge Jackson, I think some baby. teams have done that. Everybody slammed the Browns for not doing that in 2017 when they drafted Miles Garrett and then they drafted Denzel Ward. They said we're they straight up said we're not ready to take a quarterback in the first round. We don't like these guys, right? You've had you had that conversation with Hugh Jackson. Yeah, I did. Yes, yes, I literally did. I yes. sit, I sat sat away from afar and watched you have that conversation. I'm like, damn, I can't believe I'm not with Joe right now. <laughs> This is what I get for taking a phone call on the bleachers. Yeah. I mean, stumbled yeah. upon him. But so it's, it, you're absolutely right. And, and teams, quote unquote, being ready or not ready for a quarterback. And uh, I think the importance of the position is where some of these pitfalls take place. But I just anticipate looking at our grading for this exercise and at San Francisco, we're probably going to feel pretty optimistic about the situation. <laughs> that Trey Lance is finding himself in as the number three overall pick. All right, so let's get into it. Starting mm -hmm. with coaching, Kyle Shanahan, the head coach, obviously a ton of success as an offensive coordinator and some success as a head co coach to this point. Obviously, I think everyone's bought into Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. The offensive coordinator is now Mike McDaniel, who has been with Shanahan forever. You know, they speak the same language. They see the game through the same lens, and I think that's really important that there's uh, unity between those two people. And then their quarterback's coach is Rich Scangarello, um, who's kind of bounced around a lot. He's not really held a job for any long period of time. He flopped in Denver as their offensive coordinator in 20, 2019. Um, so I, I think this is about Shanahan and McDaniel. And I think what they like, there's such a clear understanding of what they want to accomplish and what matters. And they see offense the same way. I think this is a really good coaching situation for Trey Lance to walk into, especially coming from uh, North Dakota State where he was just a one-year starter. I really like this. I'm giving it a four. Yeah, uh, the, the Shanahan dynamic and what he's been able to do in San Francisco and, and other places too, 
as far yes. as having productive offenses without necessarily having top flight talent, like it's huge. And now you get a guy like Trey Lance who has all the physical talent in the world. It's just a matter of experience and putting it all together. Um, I agree with you. McDaniel, obviously, background is the run game coordinator. He was the run game coordinator prior to this past year, got the promotion, obviously, after uh, Robert Saylor left for New York and took some pieces of the, the 49ers coaching staff with him. So I'm going to give this a four as well. Um, can't give it a five because we have a team later that we're doing this exercise <laughs> with that from a coaching perspective is going to qualify for a five. And if that's <laughs> the threshold for a five, I can't in yeah. good conscience give this a five. But it's a dream come true for a young quarterback to get to go work with Kyle Shanahan. And I swear, I promise, I'm going to stop referencing this podcast eventually. <laughs> but I also thought it was really interesting that, that Kyle Shanahan, when he talked about the hiring process, how San Francisco was at the bottom of his list going into the interview because he always wanted to go to a place that had a top five quarterback. Yeah. Well, you don't have that, right? You, you go to San Francisco, you, you, you're 0-9, and you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. You're 0-7, whatever it was, and you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. You win a bunch of games. You go to a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. Now you're making a change because you drafted Trey Lance, but it's like this is your opportunity to pick, like, I can have any skill set in the world. What do I yep. want? And yep. this is the guy he picked. I think that's an exciting component for Kyle Shanahan and his coaching career. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure. And as you said, this could define Kyle Shanahan as a coach because it's the guy he chose to hitch his wagon to because they gave up three first-round picks to go up and get him. Time will tell. But uh, I just thought that was another fascinating layer that, like, he talked about, I wanted to go somewhere where I knew what I had. Well, yep. you didn't do that, but – the organization sold you on the job, and now you've hand-selected the skills and traits that you want to develop and, and grow. Surely that was a caveat, right? Because he talked he talked very specifically about things that he wanted to be true about the organization that he was going to go to. And it feels mm -hmm. like the, you know, the brass certainly was willing to meet whatever he had outlined. And I'm sure with there being that layer of, okay, you're missing something pretty critical here. Even his wife was like, yo, uh, what about players and quarterback? They don't have right. it. Right. We talked about this. What do you what do you mean, San Francisco? But uh, then he gave but then he gave a list of demands to San yeah. to his agent and said, I want this or I'm not taking the job. And Jed yeah. came back and said, Yeah, bet. You're like, we're no good. Problem. Like, <laughs> go right ahead. Well, surely one of those was, <laughs> okay, Kyle. Yeah, we don't have the quarterback, but do whatever the hell you want to get it. Like, mm -hmm. whatever you want. We mm -hmm. won't ask any questions. And he between Jimmy G and Trey Lance, I mean, the guy is Certainly went out and they, got himself some guys to work with. They've spent three ones, a two, and change for quarterbacks now. <laughs> Unreal, right? Yeah. Unreal. I mean, that's the investment to get it right. Good for them. Yeah, if they get it right, nothing else matters, right? So, good for you. Uh, quarterback room with Trey Lance is Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh Rosen. Hello, he's alive. And Nate Sudfeld. Um, I, there, there's a big part of me that really loves this because you have Jimmy G who's – obviously come up in New England, played under Tom Brady, has seen that, mm -hmm. has had his chance to get the big contract, and he's played in the Super Bowl, and he's he's been a successful starter, right? Like, I, I don't think we can question that. He's had success as a starting quarterback in the NFL, right? I love that. Now, I don't know how into being the mentor and, you know, bridge to Trey Lance he's going to be, um, so that's somewhat of a wild card, but I think in a lot of ways, Jimmy G is exactly what you're looking for as that 
main mentor with him. And I also like that there's a guy like Josh Rosen as part of this mix who has absolutely failed at this point as a quarterback in the NFL with multiple organizations. I think to see somebody like that who's been humbled, you know, to, to be there in that room with him. And you know Josh has got to be hungry, right? He wants to change the narrative as much as anything. And I think those guys being together, very different situations coming out, um, but have arrived in the same place under very different circumstances. I think that's going to mm-hmm. be an asset to him in the room. I'm giving this a four. I really like this room. Yeah, I um, I gave it a three and a half, so I, I really like it as well. Um, Jimmy has accomplished, say what you will about his durability and, and how long he's been a starter. He's accomplished everything there is as far as winning in the NFL other than winning the Super Bowl, right? He quarterbacked the team in 2019. They went 13-3. and three. They went to a Super Bowl. They were in a position to win that football game. Now, some of those uh, opportunities that were left on the field in that game, maybe you can point to Jimmy Garoppolo and say, well, that, that's the limitation that exists for Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's fine. But he is a starter. He, he may start the season uh, as the starter and give Trey a chance to – not get pushed into action right away. Uh, it was interesting. They, they had suitors for Jimmy Garoppolo. They opted not yeah. to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. I cannot imagine when Trey Lance is a one-year starter in an FCS school, that was just to keep him as the backup to, to Trey Lance. You have to think, you know, they're probably going to slow play this transition. And we've seen teams do this where by the end of the year, even if you're winning, even if you're competitive, you can still make this transition to a new quarterback. The Baltimore Ravens did it with Lamar Jackson. The Miami Dolphins did it last year with Tua Tagovailoa at 3-3 three and three with Ryan Fitzpatrick on a two-game win streak going into the bye and still transition to the rookie. Like, So t- for him to not just be de facto, no questions asked, hey, you're playing week one, good luck. Yeah. All the best. You're not playing Central Arkansas anymore. So best <laughs> of luck to you, right? right? But again, and I promise I'm going to stop referencing this podcast episode, but they talked about winning within the pocket. They said at the end of the day, eventually you're going to have to stand in the pocket on third down and exhaust your reads and win within the pocket, mm-hmm. right? Jimmy Garoppolo does that. You know, it's that's he's not the athlete that Trey Lance is. So Trey Lance doesn't need any help on read power. He doesn't need help on QB dive. He's good at that dynamic of the game, but having somebody in front of him to start in Jimmy Garoppolo who has done that dynamic of the position to help mentor or teach by doing for Trey Lance, I think is really invaluable. So I gave him a three and a half. Uh, Ideally, maybe somebody who's, more accomplished could be there. But I think your point about Josh Rosen and, hey, I'm a fellow top 10 pick and I was one and done in two different programs. And then I was on the Tampa Bay practice squad and got claimed there. And now I'm here in San Francisco and I was drafted in 2018. Like that's quite the story to tell about things that went right and things that went wrong. And Josh Rosen is a great example of the risks that exist with not having a good environment around a quarterback because his two environments that he was in to start his career in Arizona and Miami, they sucked. They were awful. So, yeah, I, I'm giving it a three and a half. So I think this is definitely above average group. 
albeit as a backup, Jimmy Garoppolo would like me to tell you that he's a two-time Super Bowl champion. So, Oh, excuse me. <laughs> as a starting quarterback, <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo has won everything in the NFL other than the Super Bowl. Bet online yes. is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit in the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I can't believe right, you so just will up, actually me like that. I, I I just didn't want I Jimmy Garoppolo to be listening to the podcast and being all it's mad at us for saying the, he wasn't a Super Bowl champion. The gall. He's you're got like two. That, you're like that dude with 12 follows in my mentions. Well, oh actually, my gosh. Kyle's fired up over this. I tell you. I was just trying to give Jimmy G his props for holding I, that clipboard for Brady. I'll tell you what, man. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Offensive this, line, is that where we're going here? Yes, we are. Left tackle, Trent Williams. Left guard, Lincoln Tomlinson. Center, Alex Mack. Right guard is Daniel Brunskill. Don't sleep on him. He's a reasonable player. Right tackle, Mike McGlinchey. And then you have Alex Bars, who they drafted right in the third round. Maybe he Aaron, could challenge. Aaron Banks. Aaron, Aaron Banks. Banks. In the second I, round. My, I'm crossing up former Notre Dame guards. I don't you think are. Bars was even drafted. How do you even? How do you get there? How do you? I don't know. I'm just glad I could re- repay the well Thank actually you. and correct Thank you. you there, Aaron I Banks. I, I don't want Aaron Banks to be listening to the podcast and right. feel slighted that he was not you know, mentioned. Life comes at you fast sometimes, folks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good offensive line, man. Yeah, I think Banks can start too. I think over Brunskill, you think? Yes, I think he can absolutely positively push Brunskill for right guard. Maybe so. so. And he'd fit a lot of that inside zone we think they want to run. So, obviously, Mike McGlinchey's been up and down, right? He was a former top 10 overall pick by the team. But the talent's never been the issue there. He's very physically talented. He's a athlete for the position. Trent Williams, uh, they did well to make sure that that one – uh, resolved itself and and he got locked in and he's good to go and he was phenomenal last was he the best left tackle in football last year yes i would say so his his real in running guys over yeah unreal he had he had one where he knocked four guys <laughs> he, had, he had one play where he knocked four guys on their ass on the same play like this guy's an animal so you feel really good about the talent Alex Mack coming over from Atlanta, right? Yep. Good that's move. a big experienced player. And that's that's what a lot of this comes down to. Trent Williams, experienced. Lakin Tomlinson, multiple years experience as a starter in this system. Alex Mack, experienced. Guess what? Last I checked, he was in Atlanta. Who else used to be in Atlanta? Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan. He's going to yep. be perfectly comfortable with this offensive system, right? Oh, yeah. it, it's you know, physically speaking, you know, holding up throughout the rigors of a 17 game schedule. I hate saying it 17 games, uh, but you got a young guy in Aaron banks and they say rising tide raises all ships. That's a, That was a saying by Josh Rosen in mini camp with the dolphins in 2019. So that one stuck with me, that competition at right guard, they're going to get a competition there. It's going to help breed the best possible product at that spot. And you got a former first round pick 
at the other tackles, but I'm giving this a four as far as the environment. Gave, yeah, I gave it a four and a half. I don't know if I gave my grade, but um, well, you you were gonna you had the courtesy to let me go first for once, so yeah, uh, four and a half for me. I love the experience in the system, like Kyle said. I think you're. I really like McGlinchey at right tackle. I think this is an outstanding tackle tandem. Center is important to me. They got that right. And Tom, I mean, what's not to like here? What's the, I mean, really, what is not to like? I give this well, a solid four and a half. And this this is a good segue into run game, but I think this is important to note. Their movement as far as what they brought in from personnel with Trey Lance, with Aaron Banks, with uh, Trey Sermon, who they brought in with a third-round pick and their sixth-round pick in this year's draft, Elijah Mitchell. You think about Sermon and Elijah Mitchell. Where did they win as runners? It wasn't right. It wasn't the wide zone stuff. It was more yeah. downhill inside zone. Aaron Banks was the same thing. Trey Lance, ton of power concepts. Read uh, as far as you know, making you defend eleven on eleven. Which shockingly, if you've been listening for. Uh, the first three days of this this series on our podcast was something Kyle Shanahan talked about on Flying Coach with Sean McVay and Peter Schrager. Chris, forgive me. I'm I loved it. it it's we need them to sponsor listen. our podcast. <laughs> Co- correct. Um, but they talked about dynamics of defending eleven on eleven and, and having Trey Lance as that threat at the quarterback position. This is not going to be your same stereotypical just well wide zone you to death. Now you know they're physically capable of it up front, and you know they're capable of throwing you that that look at any given time. But they brought in a bunch of pieces that indicate they're going to be a lot more prevalent between the tackles with how they run the football. Yeah. And you think about what they have in Alex Mack and what they have in Lincoln Tomlinson. Tomlinson fitting the wide zone system was a huge surprise when you take into account his style of play and his physical skills as a player. This might make him an even better starter. So you, you think about that all that in the run game, and you can get very excited. And, of course, now the, the offensive coordinator was the team's run game coordinator, and Mike McDaniel. Uh, they, they still do have Raheem Mostert, uh, who they brought in. They brought in Wayne Gallman as well, Sermon, Mitchell. So you got a nice group of guys. You got Kyle's use check there as a fullback for the running game as well. Running game, I'm giving them a four. Like the the coaching, the personnel, it all marries together, and it all looks like it's going to complement what Trey Lance actually did well at the highest of levels at North Dakota State. Yeah, I gave it a four as well. I mean, we're talking about an offense that has been top seven in the NFL in rushing three of the last four years. Everyone's speaking the same language. There's upgraded personnel here. I like Trey Sermon for what they're doing here. You know, Jeff Wilson is still part of this mix. He carried the ball a ton last year. This is something that they can absolutely lean on. Joe, real quick, you've given out nothing less than a four, correct? That's right. Okay, I'm just keeping track. (laughs) Good situation here. Did you know that Bill Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. Coconut. Salted caramel, cherry, strawberry, raspberry, orange, mint brownie, cookies and cream, double chocolate. They're all delicious, and maybe you don't know where to start. You can try a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. So that's a great opportunity to check them all out and see which ones are your favorite. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best-tasting protein bars on the planet, but they are healthy. Check out these macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180. 
only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. You want to try these things? Check them out. We have a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15, and it'll get you 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. I got to tell you, my heart skipped the beat there when you mentioned macros. You're speaking my language with my undergraduate degree, man. Uh, you know, I just try to connect with you on all levels, you know. You're doing a beautiful job of it. I've never felt closer to you than right now. Let's see, you know, that's it. Maybe one day we'll we'll be with Peter Schrager on the Flying J podcast talking about our, <laughs> our upcoming. <laughs> just just want to make sure you got another reference in. Uh, yeah, good. Good. That might be the most mentioned phrase all week. We'll find out, though. We got two more shows this week. All right, so pass catchers is up next. Interesting group, Kyle. Got a couple of young players in Brandon Ayuk and, and Debo Samuel. They signed Mohamed Sanu. He's here. Um, what you, Richie James at receiver. Jalen Obviously, George Kittle, we have to mention at tight end. And, um, you know, they got some guys that can catch a ball out of the backfield at running back. How do you feel about this? Because, like, obviously Kittle's elite. Mm-hmm. Potential in Samuel and Ayuk. I don't know that we know that much about either player yet. Some durability things there. I mean, how do you feel about this group? I just wish they had more depth. Yeah. You know, you, you look at if you're in in a perfect world, right, and you run 21 personnel and you got use check on the field and you've got Kittle on the field and your two wide receivers are Samuel and Ayuk. You're over the moon with the versatility and the potential of those guys on the field. You check out of the backfield, potential tight end flexibility, Kittle and everything that he brings to the table, the run after catch that these guys are going to bring with Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Just wish you had more depth there in case things go sideways. Now, I don't think the presence of Kittle should be overlooked where he is an elite Option, he is one of the best mismatch weapons in the passing game and, quite frankly, in the run game in all football, right, with what he brings to the table. So I gave this group a three and a half. Uh, the depth really hurts it, uh, but Kittle and then the run-after-catch potential of the rest of the group is undeniable for the value that it's going to have, where you don't have to sit here and bombs away, chuck it 50 yards downfield. You're going to do a ton of play action. They're probably going to move the pocket a ton. They're going to do RPOs, all those things that accentuate the athleticism that Trey Lance has. Uh, and, and good luck if they're going to go play action heavy with QB run game now as an extra layer in here, trying to, to figure out how you're going to work through your reads as a defensive player on the second level or as a safety. Uh, three and a half. I think the coaching, though, boosts it more than – the pure depth of the talent that they have. I also gave it a three and a half. Kittle cannot cannot overlook his impact. The coaching helps me give it a boost. And I think Ayuk and Samuel, there's a lot of potential there, right? Like I know that neither are overly proven at this point, but in this scheme, if they could stay healthy, I think they can be really productive. But, you know, I, I... it's not enough to push it into like the four category, but I, I think Kittle makes this at least above average, three and a half to me. Yeah, for sure. So defense is the last category to look at this team through. I really like the defensive line. I really like the linebackers. I really like the safeties. 
cornerbacks a, a concern for me. Obviously, Jason Verrett staying healthy will matter a ton. Then you have D'Amico Ryans taking over as the defensive coordinator for Robert Saleh. He's been the linebackers coach there. Last year, despite that, and they get Bosa back this year. Kinlaw year two, that should help a lot. Um, I'm giving it a four. I, I think this is still going to be a really good group. I'm not sure that it's going to just pick up the pieces and run with a new coordinator and what they have, you know, some concerning questions to me at cornerback. Yeah, I think this is, first of all, it's 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 not super surprising that their corners um, aren't super high when you consider some of the background and cover three, yeah. right? And so, so it's more zone. It's more about having length, guys that can cover deep third, so on and so forth. The versatility of the safeties, I think, really helps you on the back end to match personnel. Uh, but this is a team that is pass rush over coverage as far as their investment in talent as things currently stand this team had richard sherman last year and and obviously richard was in the headlines last week and hopefully his it's he was very candid about going through some mental health things and and hopefully his support system around him uh kind of helps get him to a better place but i don't think football is necessarily something that's imminent for him right now when you take into consideration some of uh, his personal situation so I think you, you're probably going to have to bank on what you have is what you're going to have to work with. So you're going to really need those stars up front on the defensive line to really shine. But how are you going to get anything done in the middle of the field against a defense that's got Fred Warner in coverage and these safeties? That's you know, tough, man. you're going to have to make thing. You're going to have to make your hay playing the 49ers on the perimeter and potentially attacking them down the field. So I agree with you. I think that the talent. It's all durability and health, right? They got slammed last year with injuries. If they're able to stay healthy, this this is a lot of the nucleus from last year or from the 2019 Super Bowl team. Uh, obviously, DeForest Buckner's now on the Colts. That was one loss that they had had. Um, but I really like the front seven, and I really like the, the safeties. I gave this group of four as well. Uh, but – all going to be dependent on them staying healthy because that's not what happened for them last year and it really showed so it's your strength and conditioning and and, <laughs> and your durability for your players going to be more forgiving this year the football god's gonna you know they need it law of averages equal out if it's not like it's really hard to envision that team uh, any team really surviving the waves of injuries that they had throughout the course of last season so i gave them a four on defense even though there are some flaws on the back end uh but the middle of the field for them is going to be really tough to attack. The 49ers are due to be healthy. Right? Right. Like that fortune has to come the other way at some point here. At some point. So I'm at so, 24 points. I'm at 23. Which is very head and shoulders. Much, yeah, the highest the I had. best situation. Trevor Lawrence, 19.75. I had Zach Wilson at a 12. So for... Trey Lance to come in at a 24. This is by far the best situation of the three guys we've discussed so far. And just to keep track, I don't want to – Chris, please don't yell at me. I'm not going to shortchange Zach Wilson on a half a point like I did on yesterday's show when we did the initial tally. You know, Trevor Lawrence, I had 16 and a half. Uh, Zach Wilson, 13 and a half. So it was a little higher on Zach Wilson's situation. Uh, and we were nearly identical. I have Trey Lance at 23 points. So, But, but comfortably – 
the best environment of the three quarterbacks that we have covered thus far. And I think things are going to really get interesting here the rest of the week when you consider we got the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields and we got Mac Jones and the New England Patriots to close out the week. Any parting thoughts here on Trey Lance? You know, I felt like I was cheating. In my head, I haven't done Fields and Jones yet. Somebody sat down and and evaluated before we, you know, obviously before we record, but I was doing the inventory on Jones. Might be some good numbers there. It's going to be really debate. Like, I think there's a lot to say about every one of these categories. And so I'm optimistic about where Jones is going to land, and I'm, I'm anxious for the conversation on Fields tomorrow. Yeah, Fields will be a really fun one. So you're going to want to make sure you hit subscribe. Uh, Jones is going to be the ultimate litmus test, right? Because I, I think from – I don't want to speak for New England, uh, but I will speak for the TDN staff. Uh, there was a comfortable drop-off as far as the valuation of Mac Jones from a physical skills perspective versus the situation that he's going into. So uh, I'm fascinated to see how we score that versus San Francisco, but I'm also fascinated to see how that materializes when they hit the field this season. So two more shows this week, uh, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, make sure you hit subscribe, follow along Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino and Chris Schubert. Cheers. Thanks as always for listening to the draft podcast. Hope to talk to you guys again tomorrow.